The Theonauts, episode 31. The one where we multiply to four. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo political activists. Nice. What's I up? Know, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> How's it going, Jeremiah? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing... Oh, I am David Gaddy. I am Jeremiah Orr. And we are... The, the Theo Knots. <laughs> and I have in our virtual studio today... That's, that's good. Yeah, virtual The studio. nefarious, the stupendous... The indescribable, <laughs> in- indescribable wait, no. host of Finding Christ in Cinema, Woo! Brendan Taylor and... You there, Brendan? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. And Michael Hansen. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> hey, guys. We, we brought the kids along with us. Yes. Cool. Yes, I'm glad yeah, that they and they're not up. creeping me out at all. How are they on Good. the bu- How are they on the bus? Threw oh. up. <laughs> well, if, if by bus do you mean uh, the minivan? <laughs> quite all right. It's the virtual minivan that took us from Tennessee to, to Texas. Two great states starting with T. That's T right. for Texas. T for. And Tennessee. I will say it's a lot warmer in Texas. I don't know. It's a lot warmer because it's uh. It's nice here, it's huh? It's like it's like a good thirty-one degrees back home. Back home. That's <laughs> what we are right here. Yeah, it's freezing yeah, out there. It's free- oh really? Oh wow. <laughs> We're in North Texas, so. Oh, okay. Okay. The snow covered part of Texas. Right. Okay. Ain't, ain't no heat here right now. <laughs> nope. Not for us. But the but the, the, the law here in Texas is if you don't like the weather, hang around for five minutes. That's right. Same with Middle Tennessee. That's, that's Tennessee right there, too. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So, man, it's so excited to see you guys yes. and have you guys co-host with us for this episode. Yeah, Something we've welcome. been waiting for for such a long time. Yeah. Oh gosh, we are so excited. It was we had such a wonderful time on the episode of Finding Christ in Cinema where you folks joined us when yeah. we talked about the Dead Poet Society. Yes, yeah. yes. Still one of the uh, shows that goes down in the history books of uh Finding Christ in Cinema. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So how was your recording this morning? We did the shortest episode ever. <laughs> no, what? it was not the shortest episode ever. Well, I cut it a little short because I found out that my co-host is a trespasser, a transgressor, and a sinner. <laughs> and by, by no more so than anybody else, Michael. Anybody else that hasn't read The Lord of the Rings or even seen the movies The Lord of the Rings. See, I thought going into this show with Brendan, when I found him sitting on the curb making artificial flowers uh, as, a poor little, as a poor orphan boy, and he was making these for women of society to wear, I thought that surely... A man that studied theater arts is a storyteller by trade. Surely he is familiar with J.R.R. Tolkien's <laughs> magnum opus, The Lord of the Rings. You see, the- <laughs> and it would not help that I've seen. Okay, I read The Hobbit in the ninth grade, but <laughs> under duress, under <laughs> under under orders, uh, I've seen the first Lord of the Rings film. <laughs> I ha- I've seen I've seen the first one. I have yet to invest the time to. Watch the complete 
second film and third film. You didn't like the restaurant, baby. You had the appetizer and walked out. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Wow. You know, <coughs> I, I can sense some. You know, the Bible speaks to this. I think it Does says it? something about being unequally yoked. This is, uh, <laughs> I, and that is why you know, I've been in prayer since uh, we had that show. <laughs> no, but no, I totally, I totally, totally feel you, Brendan. Man, you, uh, you do a podcast on finding Christ in cinema, and you haven't seen the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> hey, is it on the list? No. <laughs> you know what? You know what? It's going on the list right now. Uh, and all, fact, the children uh, all kidding aside, I, I was considering this morning, I, I forgot to bring it up to Brendan, so thank you guys for helping us plan the show. I was hoping that maybe we can start off the new year with the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. The whole uh, trilogy? You know what? That, sound, that sounds good to me, Michael. You doing the whole trilogy? Oh yeah, we have we're, we've have so many uh, irons in the fire there. We have started the Harry Potter series. Yeah, uh, we're yeah. what four four movies into that. Yeah, we started the the uh, the Star, Star Wars. Wars series. Right. Uh, we have we completed the first uh, the prequels, the first three uh, in the story arc. Um, have we started any other series? No, the Lord of the Rings is going to be the uh, the next big series yeah, that we start. Be. Yeah. Wow, sounds good, man. You know, y'all should do the Marvel universe. I've been meaning to tell you that. We haven't done any Marvel movies. We have haven't, we? have we? What's wrong with you, man? We're trying to catch up on so much, on so uh, much, on all of the things. Yeah, there all the so things. <laughs> yeah, we get we get people submitting all the time. We have what is called the list, where uh, people can submit um, their uh, their 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 requests for movies for us to cover, and and our our list is is growing. So we're if if all goes well, we'll be doing Finding Christ in Cinema until. Until Jesus comes. Until awesome. kingdom comes. Uh, well, hey, there we go. I'll tell you, all you Theonaut heads out there that listen to Theonauts, you uh, you love it. I'm telling you, you'll love Finding Christ in Cinema just as much, if not more. So you need to go out, check them out, and then, you know, send them a email or a response and let them know uh, exactly what you think, and maybe give them a movie to to uh, Yeah, because the list isn't long enough. That's right. It's, it's never going to be long enough. So anyway. The list. The list. The list. <laughs> That's nice. awesome. So uh, you want to talk about a little bit of what's going on in the news? Yes, I And now, the news. All right, so I have four very quick stories. Four? Four. We're going to do them fast. They're going to be very quick with I four guys one, talking about it. One guy, I, one just popped up, and I just I have to comment on it because it's awesome. Relevant Magazine says this. A pastor just set the new world record by preaching for 53 hours. Oh, <laughs> yes, I read about that. <laughs> what? 53 I, hours? I kid you not. 53 hours. Now, here's my question. Who is he preaching to? It's, hey. it's got to be like... Animals or something. Right. <laughs> if it was humans, there's no way they would have sit there that long. I'll tell you what. If I had to sit there that long and listen to that, you would think that I was slayed in the spirit because I'd be laying right out on the floor. <laughs> He's a 31 year old pastor from Florida. The epic message, uh, which lasted for 53 hours and 18 minutes, was started in Genesis, ended in Revelation, and was heard by hundreds of people who showed up in groups of ten throughout the two and a half uh, day sermon. Wow! At Cross Mount Dora, pastor. No one's that good. Yeah, cross, cross Mount Dora. That's that's insane. Anyway, so that's free. We'll get that one out of the way. I just had to announce that. Congratulations, Pastor Wait, what's, from Florida. What's, what are you saying there, Brandon? Re- really quick, did anyone fall out of a window? <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. Nice. Bazinga. They probably okay. had a whole slew of people falling out the window. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so we'll, we'll get that one out of the way. Now, here's another interesting tidbit. Um, uh, have you heard that Jesus might have been married? Uh, it was, were you talking about? Wasn't this the, back when uh, they made a with, movie out of that? Yeah. Well, they, actually, they actually wrote a book about this, and it's not on the list. Hey, what I want to know: Have you read that book, Brendan? I actually have read that book. <laughs> the, the Dan Brown book. Yeah, the Dan Brown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. The the Da Vinci Code. So Dan Brown was right all along. I, absolutely no, not at all. But this is just another. Um, lost gospel that's come up and has hit the news waves this week. I'll read it. Uh, coming from the Huffington Post, a researcher who was attached uh, attra- attracted attention and criticism with his revisionist biblical theories uh, says he has found <laughs> new evidence that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene and the early Christians considered her a deity. Canadian Isra- Israeli documentary maker Samacha Jacobovichki. <laughs> what was that again? No, never mind. Uh, says an ancient manuscript in a British library offers a glimpse at an early version of Christianity radically different from the faith practiced today. So basically, they found this ancient manuscript in the British library that they had originally found in like the 1800s, and they retranslated. But nobody cared in the 1800s. Yeah. Is that what it is? It seems like it, I guess. Either that or they buried it or something. But basically, it's a... They're calling it a lost gospel. Um, this wasn't Bart Ehrman who found this. One. No, it's not Bart <laughs> Ehrman, which is funny. Uh, it's actually an interpretation of the ancient text, the story of Joseph and uh, Asenath, which is an allegory, and they're relating it to Jesus and Mary Magdalene, saying that they were married and had two kids. So He sinneth. He sinneth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so anyways, uh, that's... Uh, a bunch of people like Dan Brown are going, yeah, it's right. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, of course. Other people. And so it's really interesting uh, finding these lost gospels. And this is just another uh, one of the hundreds of of uh, works attributed it's a to... a poor attack on the truth is what it is. It is. This happens, you know, every now and then someone pops up with, you know, the gospel of Q or the gospel of Judas or right. gospel of Thomas. And these, these things are not new. They weren't so-called lost. They were discarded because they weren't true. Right. <laughs> that this, this dates all the way back to like the second century. These things were dismissed because that's when they were written was the second century. That's right. So. Anyway, so it's, it, you know, it bears uh, uh, saying that they, they're never going to stop talking about this kind of stuff and try to disprove. Mm-hmm. Well, know, and that geez. is that's a good illustration as to why it is so important to be familiar with the word. Amen. Be familiar with the word of God so that when you see a as Hank Hanegraaff puts it, when you see a counterfeit looming over the horizon, you see it already. Mm. That is wrong. Amen. And here's why it is wrong. So we need to make sure that as Christians that should be an indictment and a, a, a encouragement for us to make sure that we are in the Word. Yeah, right. and, and I know that, you know, we often talk about how the Bible's enough, and that and it, and it is, but if you know history, if you, like, if you know what these councils talked about, these ecumenical councils, and, and you know the history of a lot of this, it really helps to put this into perspective, because you can see that, you know, prior to the Nicene Council, which is what Dan Brown claims right. ditched all these things, <laughs> prior to that, you have... 
people, we know that these were Gnostics writing these things for their purpose of trying to make Jesus Christ their God. Right. And not only that, you have from around 200 years prior to to the Nicene Council, you have people carrying around what they believed was the complete New Testament. So, I mean, there's not much validity to this if you look historically. But people don't want to, especially secular uh, and atheistic people, don't want to attribute uh that historical fact so yeah. um it's a sad thing anyways uh, an uptick uh a really an awesome heart kind of heartwarming thing sad at the same time um i don't know about y'all i'm a big fan of the simpsons uh it's the longest running uh sitcom and animated program on on tv it's been around <laughs> since 1989 whenever i was what Eight years old is when that movie, that show came on. Oh my goodness! I already graduated high school. <laughs> I wasn't even around. Born that year, I was uh, <laughs> twinkling in my daddy's eye. Oh, you were still oh. in his loins. Can you imagine? <laughs> so the Simpsons is older than Brendan. Yes, Bart Simpson. Yeah, yeah Bart Simpson is older than Brendan. What, uh, they were originally shorts on what Living Color, right? Yeah, color? yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Well, anyway, so one of the four creators of The Simpsons, his name is Sam Simon. He's 59 now. Uh, He was diagnosed with cancer in 2012, um, and he's been uh, fighting since then. Mm -hmm. Uh, He uh, has recently decided to give all of his $100 million-plus to charity. Everything he's oh, giving, wow. everything to charity through the Sam Simon Foundation. Wow, most of it is going to go to feeding the hungry in um, in Los Angeles. Uh, some's going to go to PETA, and then some's going to go overseas. But it, it's pretty amazing to see that kind of a person go. You know what I'm going to do with what I've what I've earned? I'm going to give it away. It's just yeah, that is. That's it's really I hope that inspires other people to do. Likewise, Amen. on any level, because what I always worry about is when you have a good-hearted soul like that. That is, uh, you know, hey, here's my here's my lot in life. Uh, I'm staring at my death. I have all of this stuff. I am going to use it all to help others. Um, it, it's a lot like when the government steps in and is caring for people. It what it does sometimes, not always, but sometimes it it makes Christians think, oh, well, you know what? They're being taken care of. Yeah. yeah. Everything's fine. And that's I don't have so, to do anything. That's so anti-biblical. Yeah. Um, you don't sit around and watch other people do things and let them do it. Jump in. That's right. Even if it's, you know. <clears throat> well, and then also it, it, you see a lot of, of people that are not in the Christian spotlight doing this type of thing. And, the, and a lot of times Christians want to write it off. Right, you know, as like, yeah, well, they're doing it for their own reasons or whatever. Now, this might well, be a- we're going to talk a little bit more about that on this very yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's going to be a good segue. Yeah. All right. So my last uh, article comes from the Duggars. Y'all know the Duggars. They uh, oh yeah have about a million kids in one, and uh, <laughs> they uh, they have the hit TV show on TLC. Yeah. Um, what is it? Twenty one kids, nineteen kids and counting is the name of it. Um, Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar. <clears throat> Uh, they recently posted a video, video, or not a video, a picture on their Facebook. And uh, what they did was they posted a picture of them kissing passionately together. And then they encouraged, <laughs> uh, they put underneath that, that picture, they said, recently Ben and Jessa, that's their 
Their kid. Their kid who just recently got married. Ben and Jessa received some criticism for posting a kissing picture. We are so grateful they uh, waited to share their first kiss until after marriage. We've been married for 30 years and are still in love. We had fun trying to duplicate Ben and Jessa's happy married, happily married kiss picture. We challenge all married couples to take a happily married picture and post it here. Uh, this was on November 10th when they posted this. Uh, recently, there's been uh, actually a lot of people come out, but one in particular, John Becker, um, who wrote that he and his husband uh. posted a picture underneath it. So a bunch of people were posting pictures underneath that one, showing of them, their, of them kissing. Of them kissing. Right. It was kind of like this, you know, all. <clears throat> well, um, John Becker and his husband posted it, and this is what he put underneath it. He said, uh, um, I posted the photo of Michael and me with the following comment, happily married for nearly nine years, working hard for hashtag marriage equality for all loving couples, and we will win because hashtag love is love, hashtag liberty and justice for all, hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> the Duggars uh, deleted the picture. Uh, they deleted the comment, and they shut him out from being able to make comments on their page. And uh, so he's kind of upset. Uh, the The kissing picture actually has 42,000 likes and 6,300 comments, so there's a ton of people that have been commenting. Right. But uh, it just brings to question, you know, what do you, what do, you do in this situation? How do you, what do you right, handle this? Right. So he's, he's throwing a fit because he's been singled out, and his male-on-male kiss was ditched. Right. So... Right, but uh, is now, sir? Are you honestly surprised? Does that surprise you? Does it surprise you, folks, when you go into a T-shirt company that their Christian is in the name and they don't want to make T-shirts for a gay pride parade? Does that surprise you? Right. Are you taken aback that I can't believe that such a thing happened? No, you're not surprised. Chances are you did it very much on purpose. Right now, you know, and and this person is. Intentionally, you know, come on, he's provoking, right? Sticking with the prod. Well, what are you going to do about this? If if it was just the picture, it would be a little different. But but his statement is obvious. Yeah, he's obviously in the comment making a statement. Right. Yes. So so uh, he's he's when the post was there for one reason, he's now making it an agenda item. Right. And so so for that reason alone i have no problem with it being removed because it's taking away from the message that is trying to be promoted now the question is if they had just posted a male-on-male kiss right then do the duggars still react the same way right and that's a good question so we have this that is a good question kind of thing going on here what how do you react to that you know and again this is a, a great example of um Everybody pushes agendas, but this is a great example of, especially uh, in in this situation, this person just pushing the agenda because, okay, he knows that the Duggars, I mean, over and over again on their show, they talk about uh, traditional marriage. They talk about, uh, you know, uh, focusing on God the Father. They're obviously a conservative Christian background. Mm-hmm. And so he's going into this almost to go to war so that he can bring right. it up. Whenever right. they do it, you know, and <clears throat> well, it's and, amazing. And I don't know, you'd have to really think it through. But if they're getting 6,300 
responses and they're getting yeah. all these pictures of other couples. We don't know what's in those other couples' lives. We don't know how quote unquote Christian they are. We don't right. know. So it's like, would it have been just better to just, you know, let's assume it was just a picture. Would it have been better just to let it go? If yeah. it was benign, then and it, yes. And ignore it. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and, and it's like, you know, that doesn't mean you're supporting it. Right. By, by leaving it there necessarily. But you take away their argument. Yeah. You know, yeah. you make their argument mute. That's interesting. So I thought I'd bring that up. That's a, that's a that's good. That's going to tie in. Yeah. News article to tie into what we're talking about today. So that's all I got today in the news here and abroad. Okay, let's get this thing rolling. <laughs> you know, whenever FCC asked us to uh, to come on their show, uh, they let us pick the movie, and um, we kind of drove it a little. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we drove the bus, the Bible bus. So, you drove it. so fun. So we, but hi- it was a fun ride. We, yes, we hijacked. Ride. Yeah, we hijacked your show, <laughs> and we just you know drove you all over the country, took you where we wanted to go. Right. It was great. <laughs> So we want to return the favor. And so what we did was we asked you guys to come up with a, a topic. So what do you got for us? Well, we want, to, uh, we want to evaluate and consider how Christians should and should not engage in a sociopolitical culture. Oh, much like we just talked about in the news. Wow. Very much. How oh, coincidental. Like we just that just worked, didn't it? Wow. Now I get it. <laughs> Now, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's set some groundwork here. What do we mean by sociopolitical culture? Socio for social, meaning how people affect are affected by and interact with one another. Is that agreed? Like, like, like when you go have ice cream and dancing, that's an ice cream social. Or, or if you're (laughs) in the 21st century, how you get on Facebook. (laughs) Oh, Yes. (laughs) But we uh, all know you're not. Say what? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Political. And political meaning how people affect, are affected by, and interact with those in power. Those, uh, as I, I believe Plato would put it, the statesmen who uh, who make the choices for society, who, who write the rules, who write the laws. Mm-hmm. As an aside, what did Plato say that we, that societies needed in order to govern and lead them? the philosopher king. So although he was laying down this groundwork, he had a very specific, not just anybody can do this mm-hmm. or should do this. What we need is to lift up the philosopher kings. And if I could just say, we have a philosopher king, don't we? Well, that's and, awesome. And wow. Jesus Christ. Yes. I like Plato. It, it dries out really quick, though. <laughs> hey, homemade Play-Doh is good because you can eat it. A lot of salt. <laughs> anyway. Wow. wow. Now, uh, now we want, we also want to answer the question up front. Why is this even important? Yeah, why, why does we, this matter? Why did you pick this topic? Well, David, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> because as temples of the Holy Spirit and as resurrected dwelling places of the living God, we are called to be stewards of the creation and actively participate in the realization of his kingdom and will on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. That being said, <clears throat> There is a certain ethos and a certain code of conduct 
that Christians should embrace when it comes to engaging in the social climate of our surrounding area, both in the real world and on the internet. How do we discover what that is, Brendan? Boy, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So basically what you're saying is that, number one, our job as kingdom citizens here on earth, pushing towards the agenda of making God's kingdom on earth, our goal is to participate in how the Holy Spirit moves us to doing that, to building that. Be a light unto the world. Be a light unto the world. And part of that is through communicating Mm -hmm. sociopolitically like on Facebook and Twitter, right? But we have to... Or a bullhorn on the corner of the street. Exactly. Or, you know, know, making those flyers turn or burn. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Totally joking. That is not right. Okay. Uh, That being said, and this is the second part, this is why that's not right. There is a code of conduct that Christians should use specifically written down for us. Turn or burn. And it's not Turner Burn. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm Thank getting. Thank God it's not Turner Burn. <laughs> but that's what I'm getting at is that's that's where we have in the past our code of ethics is not there, right? Because what what are we doing? That doesn't convert people. No. Like when you tell somebody sinner, I mean you 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 condemn people, point your finger at them, whatever. That's not the type of. We might have a, a true message to say, but that's not going to have an impact. It's all in how you present it. Right. Yeah. It's all in presentation. Uh, a, a preacher from your great state of Texas by the Rick, uh, name of Rick Atchley uh, a week ago or so on Twitter wrote, I have yet to meet the person converted by a Christian rant on Twitter. That's true. And what a powerful message that is. Amen. How many people can we think of that the person, the turn and burn person has convert or or planted the seed to convert? Right. Um, Well, and even, you know, I think this, this whole idea of, because this, this plays into the society, the socio part of this as well is like, say for example, in the fifties, there was this fear of everything. I mean, like it was watch the skies, the, you know, the Red Scare. I mean, you had all of this going on, McCarthyism. Um, and, and so I think the, the hellfire and brimstone preaching was more acceptable during that, t- that period of time. It resonated. Right, because it was the same thing they were hearing from the news and, and everything else in their lives was, you know, let's go, to, let's go build a bomb shelter. Well, oh, and go to church right. because the guy's telling us <laughs> we're going to go to hell if we don't. And I, I can see that. I also, though, I, I would trace back the hellfire preaching uh, to Jonathan Edwards. I mean, let's go back and look at sinners, sinners in the, the hands, hands of, of an angry, angry God. God. Yeah, <laughs> word jinx. No, don't jinx because you have to talk. Okay, anyways, but uh, sinners in the hands of an angry God is a great picture of hellfire preaching. But it brought about the Great Awakening. What's the difference? And I think the difference is it's it's again in how you present it. The truth is there. Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God is actually a very truthful mm-hmm. uh, sermon. That's still the Westboro message. It is. But it <laughs> uh, and, and is truthful that sinners are, uh, you know, they will experience God's wrath. But our goal is to share that with them in love. And how do we do that as, as servants of the king, mm-hmm. right? And so um, we have to be, you know, 
Well, I think one of the keys there is is m- making it known that that you as the messenger are in are is just as guilty of sin as the person you're preaching to. Amen. And that's what doesn't come across a lot of times is it comes across as holier than thou. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. So we've all had past experiences or bad personal experiences, I think, at some point or other. I mean, we're all on social media. So at some point or another, we've all had bad past experiences. Am I right? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> In fact, uh, I'll just I'll, I'll go ahead and start it. I grew up with Neopets, and <laughs> I have no idea what that uh, is. I knew I was going to pick on you about that. What, what is like, Neopets? What's Neopets? Like you were raised alongside of some Neopets? You were no. rescued by Neopets? <laughs> no, no. What? What is that? Gr- growing up, Neopets was one of those websites. Where it was, it was, you know, it was geared toward children. You could uh, take a virtual pet, you could feed it, raise it, strengthen it, let it let it battle other awesome looking pets, and so it was a rip off of Pokemon. Have, have something to have I a trophy it to brag about. Pokemon, really? Yeah, uh, it was. I know Mandy was really little whenever she had a Neo pet. I've never heard of so. that. It's, okay, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Brendan. I, I can honestly say, and now I'm not surprised that you don't aren't a fan of Lord of the Rings. You know what? You're going to say that with everything I say. You're going to say that with everything. Do you still have a Neo uh, pet? And, and, say what? Do you still have a Neo pet? No. Oh, okay. I, I got, <laughs> they all I died. Hey, too much. Uh, but and then uh, then came along Neopets.com with this public forum and this chat window that users could. You know, get in on certain discussions, and of course, I would I would always look out for the for the Christian discussions on like on what's going on uh, that and other internet forums like uh, Brangle.com. Brangle, it's like this website for brain teasers for for user submitted brain teasers, which mm-hmm. are really cool. Uh, you know, in certain chat rooms and even on YouTube and Facebook comments. Man, I I used to be that guy. Really. That, that ranter. So, wow. what what kind of specific things would happen on the the Neopets forum that would fire your engine? <laughs> that oh, pet that died just, because just, it didn't believe in Jesus. A great picture in my mind. Neopets. No, it was. I mean, really, it was anything. Uh, I'm trying to think. Again, Neopets. This was years ago. Uh, it was anything from. From abortion, uh, for some reason, abortion would come up. Uh, homosexuality, <laughs> gay marriage rights, th- th- all okay. those things would come up. Gotcha. Uh, and I would, you know, I would just weigh in like I was weighing in anywhere else. Oh, okay. And I and I thought and I thought my words were right, and they were all wrong. Everyone, everyone <laughs> else was wrong. Uh, wow. But even even outside of the internet and comment sections. Uh, like you guys know, I don't know if uh, Theonauts listeners are about to find out, but I, I'm a I'm a graduate of a theater. I have a theater degree, and being a student of theater, I'm uh, I meet tons of new people, and a lot of people that do not share a, a lifestyle that I do, mm-hmm. uh, and a, a lot of uh, a lot of homosexuality. Huh. Go ahead and put it out there. Sure, uh, and and being. And and a part of being in a production with people is learning to get along peaceably, right? Amen. And it's it's really hard when you've got the the outspoken angry atheist um, may or not may or may not be homosexual, 
but it's another thing when you've got the outspoken, angry, angry Christian who is constantly arguing. Right. Right. That other point. Now, I wasn't the one that argued. I was the one that honestly, I just sat back and watched it happen. Mm -hmm. And then once it died down, I would take the Christian guy, guy or girl, because it was both really. Right. I would take take whoever aside and be like, "Hey, man, that's 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 (laughs) a little bit too much." Yeah, get off, get off, chill out a bit. Get off my side. (laughs) (laughs) Turn down the volume. Wow. (laughs) Wow. How about you, Michael? Well, you know, Brendan said uh, something, a, a key word phrase there. Um, we were talking about this just off air a couple of weeks ago. Um, you have, we all are familiar with the angry atheist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is worse, though? The angry atheist who brings contempt and shame upon himself or the angry Christian that brings contempt and shame upon Christ? Mm-hmm. Which is worse? Yeah, the Christian. Obviously, yeah, by yeah. far. And, and you know, I don't have personal experiences regarding online activity because I learned a long time ago, you know, hey, you may be thinking things. You may be wanting to type things. Don't do it mm. unless you know that you're honoring Christ, bringing honor to Christ. Now, now, obviously, and we could get into this deeper, different Christians have a different definition of what's honoring to Christ, right? right. I mean, uh, you know, so one person you could say, hey, Christian, fellow Christian, don't act like that. That's dishonoring to Christ. And they could turn around and say, no, what you're doing is dishonoring to Christ. I'm standing up for him and I'm going to beat down the sinners for him, right? right. <laughs> okay. Well, then, you know, okay. Well, you got a little bit of an impasse right there, but the, it all boils down to relationship. And I learned, and I'm still learning that if I can't have a relationship with somebody to have one-on-one conversation, one-on-one fellowship, putting my arm around somebody, you know, having a nice glass of iced tea and eating some hot wings together and just learning about the person, what business do I have to start ranting and yelling? Because I did that when I was younger, and I did it in real life. Mm-hmm. And I would do God favors every chance that I had in my early 20s. Man, I was on fire for God. I was one of his greatest allies, man, because I would step right up to somebody that was, well, you may think that you're a Christian. You may think that you're a member of the, quote, oldest church on earth that has more members than anybody else. But you are going to hell <laughs> because you're not a real Christian. Yeah, I can relate. Hey, and to do that to a friend. Wow. Mm-hmm. Somebody that I had relationship with, and guess what happened to that relationship after I was doing them a favor? Yeah. I did them a big favor, and I will never have the opportunity to fix that. Yeah, and and we I, and we well, justify that, you know, like well, that's just tough love, man. You know, yeah, tough love, <laughs> tough love. You know who Jesus gave tough love to? The political, I mean, the religious leaders. Right. He didn't give tough love to the tax collectors and sinners. No, those people he forgave and he was merciful to. It was the the ones who were supposed to know better. Right. That's scary. Yeah. Um, back to what uh, Brendan had, had mentioned about, you know, people uh, feeling hated. I, I think about this uh, Rich Mullins story all the time that just impacts me. Is that, uh, Rich Mullins, I don't know if you know about Rich Mullins, he's... he's 
music singer songwriter. Yeah, we've never heard of him on this show. <laughs> yeah, but not. This isn't that ragamuffin fellow, is <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it's that guy. <laughs> oh, and it uh, is that I'm going to bring him up again. But this great story <laughs> happens. So he's hiking the Appalachian Mountains. He decides to go hike the Appalachian Mountains, and one night he gets a hankering uh, for real food. So he hikes into town, um, to a town not not far from the trail. And uh, he stops, and he, he's eating this dinner, and this guy uh, at the next table strikes up a conversation with him. They talk and everything. Uh, Rich doesn't know. I don't think he knows that he's hitting on him. I imagine he doesn't. <laughs> but uh, So they're talking, and everything's great and wonderful. And um, they finish their meal, and you know, by the end of it, they're sitting together talking. And um, he asks Rich if he, you know, they're talking trail stuff. And he asks Rich, would you like a ride back to the trail? And, and Rich said, sure, I'd love a ride back to the trail. So um, they're driving back. <laughs> they're on the road. And the guy just comes out and he goes, um, maybe I should just tell you this. I, I'm a homosexual. And Rich says, maybe I should just tell you this. I'm a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy goes, oh. And he starts to pull over to the side of the road. And Rich goes, why are you pulling over to the side of the road? And the guy goes, well... You you're a Christian. You must hate me. Like you want mm, to get yeah, out of the car. Right. And Rich said, "I I don't hate you. God tells me that I'm supposed to love you. God tells me Amen. that I'm supposed to love everybody. Why would I hate you? God loves you. He doesn't like what's going on, mm-hmm. but he loves you. Um, he hates the sin, but he loves you. Right. And." the guy just broke down weeping because it was the first time that anybody ever tell, told him that God loved him. Right. And it's this just amazing story that always comes back to me and everything that we, we say now, I do believe that we must, uh, stand opposed to sin. I believe it. Um, because scripturally we have to, um, right. But at the same time, we should never stand opposed to a person. But that means also opposing all sin. Yes. Not just the sins that you dislike. Exactly. Our favorite sins. Amen. Right. You know, it's it's very easy to stand opposed to homosexuality uh, whenever you're eating a double Big Mac with extra fries, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and yeah, that hits me. And uh, so we need to be careful how we're addressing things. But for me... Uh, I have participated in debates and stuff that I'm not proud of. Uh, it gotten angry, heated on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, uh, I've started my social online social presence started all the way back with uh, Zanga. I don't know if you guys remember Zanga. Yeah, but it's almost as old as Neopets. Almost, yeah. but I was a Zanga head, and I would love writing all these great things and. <clears throat> Uh, anyways, <laughs> getting interesting debates with commenters after something I'd said. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, we've all been there and angry at other people online, just a natural anger. Right. Um, and we can call it religious anger, but it's 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 not religious. Or righteous anger. Righteous yeah. anger, righteous. but it's not righteous. So. That, that gets overused. All the time. <laughs> but so uh, I don't know. What about you, David? Um, well, I was thinking I've, I've got a couple of specific things that I'll throw out there. Um, being uh, how I like to design things, graphic arts and stuff like that, I've been involved in some forums, much like the Neopets thing, but geared toward uh, Christian design. And forums are, you know, uh, uh, man, we talk about Facebook and Twitter and stuff, but forums are 
just ripe with this stuff. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, because it's all about discussing this type of, of thing. Sure. And, um, this particular, uh, Christian design forum that I was on, man, I was witnessing some crazy conversations and I'd get involved here and there, but as far as like calling people names and people saying, uh, you're not a real Christian because you don't stand firm on this or people taking it, uh, to the extreme and saying, because you don't agree with me, uh, you're of the devil. Yeah. And, yeah. And, a mouthpiece of Satan. Yes. I mean, it was like getting crazy, calling people just all kinds of horrific names. And it wasn't just like one person. You, you could witness a whole crowd of people having these conversations yeah. and, and accusations and everything like that. And, and I, you know, I kept thinking to myself, this is a Christian forum. <laughs> you know, uh, but anyway, one of the things that that um, that I have noticed on my social media um, is I do I am opinionated, and everyone who listens to the show knows that. <laughs> so uh, I do have a hard time not speaking my mind, you know, on the internet, and uh, you know it gets me in trouble sometimes, I guess. But <laughs> but but you know what? What I have found that a lot of times, whenever I go into a rant. Um, I'll delete it before I post it because it's like it's like a safety net. You know, I can get I can get <laughs> I can get my frustrations out. I just have this picture of you. <laughs> delete. <laughs> that's that's kind of. But but you know uh, the thing that that just jumps out at me that I've seen Christians do in reference to some of my activity online is, um, you know, you, you know we've talked about it on here, but I I do some foreign mission work. And that's not always popular amongst Christians. There are Christians who think, oh, why aren't you working here and blah, blah, blah. There's all this opposition to it. So you put a post on Facebook about something that you think is good, that you hope is helping somebody. And all of a sudden, some Christian comes on and wants to comment and say, uh, those are just a bunch of lazy people who don't deserve. (laughs) you know." And, And one time in particular, this really got me. Um, I was I was in part of a uh, of Mocha Club, which is Africa International, one of their okay. one of their organizations. And what they do is Mocha Club does this thing where they pair up with with um, Christian rock bands. Okay, and we go to they go to the the concert and they sell uh, they go to their their merch booth and instead of selling the t shirts and all that, they sell like packages of of you know for thirty five dollars a month you can help. The, these uh, underprivileged people in Africa. So I've gone and I've volunteered and helped with that before. Right. And we went to a concert. Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, it was, well, and we were talking about this the other night. It was, um, um, what's his name? Um, Head, the lead singer of Corn. Oh yeah, he he was he was uh, Brian Headwelch. Yes, he he had t- he had partnered up with Mocha Club, and I was at the show. Uh, you know, trying to help people in Africa, right? right. And there's a someone took a picture of me and my wife at the show, trying to help people, right? Yeah. This picture gets on the internet, and the next thing I know, I have Christians like calling me even, yeah, and saying, "What are you doing? Uh, there's a picture of a T-shirt behind you with a skull on it. What kind of representation is that 
for Christ. Oh, yep, yep. And, and and I'm like, well, I'm not selling skull t-shirts, dude. I had that same experience. Whenever we went to, we went to that concert, and I had that. I had Dylan take that picture of me. One of my youth take a picture of me, and there was a beer sign behind me because we were at a bar, but it was a Christian concert. And at first, I'm like, I'm gonna post. No, I'm not gonna post this, <laughs> right? Because you know, <laughs> you know that that's what the the Christian oh, response is. Yeah. And the, and the question is, is that really the Christian response, <laughs> or is that just a pre-programmed natural political response? Political response. So, what you've been you raised know, in culturally? Yeah. About uh, I would say about twenty years ago, or so, a little over twenty years ago. Maybe Brenda might have been alive at this point, <laughs> and um, <laughs> a, 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 a preacher pointed something out um, that. Uh, has stuck with me. It, it's this is one of my very favorite passages, along with uh, Jesus's uh, interaction with the Samaritan woman at the well. That and the uh, parable of the ten minas are two very important passages to me. And 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 in that parable of the minas, you know, the 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 master gives ten to a servant, five to a servant, one to a servant. Says, do business with these as I while I leave. Right. And then when I come back, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. And the the thing that strikes me is that that servant that did nothing with yeah. that. You know, here is your mina that I put away. I put it away for safekeeping in a piece of cloth. I didn't even look at this thing, for I was afraid of you. Why was he afraid of him, of the master? Because, and this is the New, new English translation, which everybody should be using. The New English translation <laughs> says, I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You withdraw what you did not deposit, and you reap what you did not sow. Let's examine more closely what this servant is saying. A, matter-of-factly, Master, you are a severe man. There's no discussion there. Right. There's I I just I <laughs> proclaim you a severe man, therefore you are a severe man. There's no discussion to be had. In fact, you are so severe that you will go to a bank that you have never been in before and say, Give me my money. Uh you don't even have an account here. I don't care. Give me my money. <laughs> uh, oh, and, and more than that, you will go to a field that you threw no seed down and say, where is my produce? That's the kind of man that you are, master. And so I'm afraid of you, and I did nothing. That is the kind of God that many Christians serve. That's the kind that's of Savior like, many Christians serve. That's a great point. You know, I never wow. really thought about that from that perspective. Uh-uh. And so what did, what did the king say to him? Servant, I will judge you. By your own words. Right. You wicked and lazy you servant. wicked slave. <laughs> yeah. You wicked servant. I'll judge you by your words. That's what you know that about me, I see Jesus saying. That's who you want but me you to be? be? <laughs> yeah. You can't stand in front of that t-shirt. Then what are you doing? You're in front of a beer sign. What kind of God do you serve? <laughs> wow. A God that, depo- that withdraws from a bank that he has no account at? Right. It, it, uh, no. And, and, it, and that's, 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 that's a great... Uh, that's a great analogy because you're when you when you make those type of judgments, what you're saying is God's not doesn't want you being a light in a dark place. So right. so the Christian 
the, the judgmental Christian is looking at a, a, a something, a post online or whatever, and they are making a judgment based on what they see in a photo or whatever, without knowing the circumstances, without without even thinking that maybe this is a light in a dark place. Right. Well, here, here it also boils down to this. They are doing what they see their master doing, the, what they perceive their master as being. So obviously in the discipleship category, somebody dropped the ball on these folks. That's and so point. now as Christians, it should be our job that, to see the folly of those ways. It's our job to say, you know what? Hey, you know what? Come over here. Side, like what, what Brendan was doing with the folks in theater class to the Christians. Mm-hmm. Hey, come on over here. We got some things we need to talk about. Right. And, and, build a relationship with them, disciple them, tell them, show them what kind of master they do serve. Amen. You serve a graceful master. He saved me. Right. Amen. Yeah. That's good. So we've all had bad experiences. Yeah. On social <laughs> Amen. Let's yeah. so 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 where are we going from here, Brandon? Well, we need to uh we need to counteract those bad experiences with some good experiences. Okay. That we've had and my my good experience, it didn't happen online. This actually happened on a study abroad trip to Honduras. Ah. And uh, I went with, yes, Hon- or as we like to call it. You mean you went to a foreign country <laughs> to minister to people? <laughs> aren't, aren't, so there, awesome. aren't there plenty of people here you could have gone to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, first, first of all, it was study abroad, which means it was with the school. Oh, oh okay. So it was with biology. Yeah. See, no, okay. we jumped to conclusion. That's fine. That's fine. As long as you're not preaching anything. You haven't, right re- you haven't read Lord of Rings, so <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to come. Oh, sorry. Anyway, I don't okay, know. Why. So, <laughs> uh, summer. Anyway, spring of spring of 2012. Uh, went to Honduras. Uh, there were four different departments with the school. Uh, I went with the theater department and then also agriculture, political science, uh-huh, and concrete management. Yes, con- even concrete <laughs> management. So if I need yeah, my ma- my concrete managed, I know who to call. Yeah. They don't call me. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who you can call. <laughs> don't call me because I can't do it. But uh, like we went with the theater department uh, and we, we had devised a, a little production that we were going to take to uh, – orphanages and public schools in Honduras. We actually performed it in Spanish too. That was really cool. Cool. Uh, and then when we weren't doing anything with our own department, we had, we had the choice to either stay back at the mission at which we were staying or go out with other departments and see what they were getting into. And, uh, it was really interesting going along with the political, it was a, it was a team effort between the political science and the agriculture Mm -hmm. department. Uh, we all went out to a to a cornfield. Not because we, hey, were, we were talking about that Twilight not, Zone not episode. Not because we were You're bad a men, bad man, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> not because we were bad men. Uh, but we went out to this uh, cornfield because it was the center of a. I want to say it so home. bad. Did you find any Akbar? <laughs> say what? Did you find any Akbar? I don't. What is He's that? not a Julian oh Smith fan. YouTube Julian Smith and watch Akbar. Anyways, go ahead. Okay. So you went okay. to a cornfield. Anyway, you saw this. This, yeah. this cornfield was the center of a very hot political debate in Honduras because it uh, it had been genetically modified by a certain major name uh, <laughs> brand that I'm not going to. Uh, He's not going to say Monsanto. No. 
And it was good. It was good genetically modified because uh, it would produce four times the That's crop. Much. Yeah. However, eggs. however, it was bad because uh, after this genetic modification, it couldn't it it couldn't reproduce. Oh, you couldn't, you couldn't plant those kernels again gotcha. because they would just grow into empty stalks. Wow, wow! And I and I use this as a good personal experience because we were shown the truth right there at the cornfield itself. We were we were shown the truth of the of what everyone else was saying in Honduras about. Uh, oh yeah, we like Monsanto coming over and helping us make all this money for now, but years down the road, and this is where all the naysayers come in. Years years down the road, it's not going to matter because we're going to have to reinvest in a whole other cornfield. Oh um, yeah, and you know, and that took a lot of money. Yeah, and it's I you know, and I count that as a good personal experience because I got to experience what it's well, it's what it's like to search out the truth of a matter search out uh, what's really going on that's not based on uh, hearsay, what what people are, are saying y- yes or no for. It was good to get to the real, uh, like, like I keep saying, the I, I would even say the absolute truth mm-hmm. yeah. of what was going on. And I think, which we'll get to later, that's a good first step. That's good. That's a good, in, good uh, example. In applying, in applying a Christian attitude and engaging in this type of culture. Michael, how about you? I don't have great worldly experiences like you, Brandon. I, I you know, <laughs> I, I stay at home and uh, and do studio stuff. But no, in my, <laughs> I will say this: that in my in my life, in my Christian life, I have had the privilege, the honor of being at least somewhat involved in uh, in somebody coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Um, and that, you know, it's been a few times in my life and, and it blows me away because, um, you know, you, you got to think of first Peter three fifteen, mm-hmm. right? But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now here's the key, but do this with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time with that. We've been discussing that. I think that we all have a propensity to, you know, our, sometimes our flesh gets in the way. Amen. And that, uh, you know, in fact, so many, um, that was out of the NIV. So many other translations break off, do this with gentleness and respect to the next verse. And so people, you know, it's easy. You know, oh, well, I, I, I'm, I have a propensity to pull things out of context. So here's this one verse right here. And I'm ready. I'm ready, man. I got the sign. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. No, you cannot separate it. You cannot divorce being ready to give a reason from doing it with gentleness and respect. Now, despite myself, despite my flesh, God was able to use the seeds that I planted or the seeds that I watered you know, go, of course, you know that that takes you to to Paul, right? right. Um, and and uh, you know, First Corinthians three six and seven, um, to use that to bring to fruition salvation, eternal life, mm. and and it was because of relationship. It was because we are friends first. First, we're friends. We love each other. We have brotherly love. And 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 then that person's saying, you know what? Tell me a little bit more. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I haven't been to church since I was a little kid. Tell me a little bit more about some of your beliefs. Oh, well, you know, this and this. And eventually it leads to them saying, you know what? Uh, I believe I want to be baptized. Whoa. And then me, you know, <laughs> then my flesh really gets in the way. I go, well, wait a second. Wait a second. Let me ask you some questions. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> let's make sure. You know, they, 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 but thankfully they push me out of the way. No, man, I, I, I'm doing that. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? That's good. Um, I've had I've had a lot of actually, for me I'm a uh, a minister and so people come to me all the time wanting yeah. to know questions especially. Um, I've been meaning to ask you some things uh, if you have a time. Oh no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, they get you know people come all the time. It's even on social media they'll send me a message. What do you think about this and this and yeah. this? Or have you seen that comment? What are you going to say on that? And, or on Yik Yak? On oh like, yeah, oh that Jeremiah guy. Yeah, that that Jeremiah <laughs> guy. Am I on Yik Yak? I hope not. No. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen you yet. So yeah, which was interesting. I had to rail on some kids last night for Yik Yak, <laughs> which is a, a great uh, picture of this used to the extreme wrongly. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Yik Yak app, but it's terrible. <laughs> I didn't it, mean to side. Anyways, step you I, I don't want to get on that. What I want to get on is. Uh, uh, the fact that I have seen it uh, done well. Um, I've seen, I have a couple friends who are uh, flaming homosexuals <laughs> who are friends of mine. And uh, and um, I keep that friendship close. I keep those friendships close. Talk to them all the time. Um, and there have been times like, I don't know if you remember... Uh, about this time last year, there was the whole... No, it was two years ago. Wow. Two years ago, there was a whole equality movement on Facebook where people were putting the equal sign on their, yeah, their yeah, pictures. You remember that? Um, and people would ask me what I thought about that and everything. And so I, I wrote a post on, on there about what I thought. And uh, um, basically uh, talked about how... Homosexuality is no different a sin than uh, pornography um, in in a red blooded American male um, that's uh, heterosexual, and uh, that we shouldn't be pointing out uh, certain uh, types of sin as this is worse than that. Actually, there was a commenter on that that said, "No, this is a different. a different sin. It's a worse sin. It's a you know." And um, so I was able to sh- biblically show in a in a loving way how no, this is no worse than my sin, um, and the fact that Jesus does God hates sin and He died for it. He hates it so much He He sent His Son to die for it. Um, but he loves us so much, he sent his son to die for it. And so that yeah. we should love one another and encourage each other on to the cross. And so uh, it was, you know, it was a really good experience. So uh, there are good times mm-hmm. to make comments. Yeah. But it has to You can't to be, use social media for great things. That's right. You can't. It's, it have, it's, it's, doesn't matter if it's online or if it's face to face, the right. same values should be uh, held to on how we treat it. Well, we in act. fact, in fact, part of the MO of the Great Commission Transmission Network is that we are to use social networking, the internet, as a legitimate road to travel in spreading the good news. That's yeah. exactly right. So, Amen. And that's part of what we're doing right now. That's right. That's <laughs> good. So how about you, Dave? Um, well, I've had also some good uh, experiences 
online and offline. Uh, online, um, there's a forum, a private forum that I'm part of, and it's another um, Christian designer thing. But it's a small group, and it's an it's an it's a new company that is just trying to stretch its legs called Worthyware. And uh, there's only about six of us designers that are involved, and so. We come from different walks of life. We've got different points of view. We've got, you know, all this. But there is that underlying fam- family, uh, koinonia type of relationship there. So mm. we can post on there some of the most crazy disagreements, and it works out lovingly every wow. time. That's and, awesome. And I love that, uh, that we can build off of one another, bounce thoughts off one another without being scared of being called you know, a bad name, you know, or, or being labeled as, as a antichrist or something like that by some (laughs) other Christian. Um, and then also, uh, outside of social media, I have found like, um, and you know, I keep going back to this, but it's simply because it has such an impact on my life. But when I met, um, there, there's the little village we work in, in Haiti, Merger, um, I met so many Christians over there, and the response that I get from them, and when I watch them interact with one another, it's amazing. I keep thinking to myself, this is what the first century church was like. It's like everything is about God. Everything is about Jesus. There's nothing outside of that. Um, they lift one another up. They had uh, One guy's mother died. Uh, since I've been working with them and people just came out of the woodworks to pay for the funeral because there was, he, he didn't have the money to do wow. so. Uh, just the other day, there's an orphanage we've been helping there that ran completely out of funds. And I put it on social media. Hey, we need some help over there. And we've already raised like $700 so far to help <laughs> feed those kids. So those to me are very positive, uh, influential. I mean, they're actually... Uh, I'm, I'm seeing not just the, the the Great Commission, but how we deal with one another as as uh, discipling one another, and that sort of thing. And I see some positives happening there. Right, that's good. That's good. Awesome, awesome stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that's that gives us that gives us each other our own personal examples. What about some biblical? examples of either either good examples or bad examples of of what might happen and honestly my first go-to and a lot of other people's first go-to passage is matthew 21 12 and 13 we may know it as jesus cleansing the temple yeah uh which he (laughs) righteous (laughs) singer (laughs) <laughs> yeah Let, let's just let's just read it now when they drew when they drew near to Jerusalem. Uh, hold on <laughs> i don't have that where's button, the reverse michael? button michael <laughs> hold on yeah oh, that, that mulligan you, oh no i'm not ready for mulligans this isn't my show <laughs> it's okay it's okay uh and jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple and he overturned tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it into a den of robbers. And of course, you know, we see this in like all the movies, all the film adaptations of this scene. 
you know, he's he just quietly, pleasantly walks into the temple, and then he sees what's going on, and then he just starts ah, dun, dun, dun. Ah, throwing tables over each other, throwing Holy throwing God. pigeons and <laughs> chickens out of their cages. I didn't know that they had chickens in Jerusalem. <laughs> we always see chickens in the movies. Yeah, uh, and he gets and out we, the we whip, see this. starts whipping everybody. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he gives the whips a get out of here, you den of thieves, den of robbers. And we see this as an outburst of uh, of Jesus, who is who is the living God incarnate. And we and sometimes we think, oh well, well Jesus got mad. That means I can get mad about stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, what, Not necessarily. Exactly. What? I mean, what? What are you saying, Brandon? <laughs> I, I'm saying that for I mean, well, for one thing, his anger had the proper motivation. Yes. Uh, you know, he, he being himself, God, uh, it didn't, his anger didn't come out of, uh, you know, small arguments or, uh, I think as uh, we'll get to later, ignorant controversies and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it, it didn't come out of that. He, he just, it was not, it was, it wasn't selfishly motivated. Not only that, but you can, you can look at it. Okay. So what was the motivation? Number one, he was motivated by what was going on in his house. He was motivated by what his people who were claiming to be his people were doing. And what they were doing was completely opposite to what he had called them to do. He made mm-hmm. it into a den, they'd made it into a den of robbers instead of a house of prayer. Um, so when people take this and take it out of context, which they do all the time about righteous anger, right. and take it say put it in the uh, arena of Facebook, for example. Number one, they take it out of its place where Jesus got angry and they Mm -hmm. put it into a secular world. They take who Jesus was angry at and they twist it and they put it on (laughs) non-Christians, people who are not following the way, people I'm angry at. And so what it happens is it stops being a righteous anger towards uh, um, chastising uh, 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 people who are playing the hypocrite and Mm -hmm. it turns into this... uh, this reason or excuse to blow off steam and yell at or argue for your own personal uh, vendettas. Does that make sense? And it's a yeah. it's a total twisting of scripture. Mm-hmm. And so we gotta we've we've got to be careful uh, with that whenever we use righteous anger in that in that form. Uh, I don't believe that we should have quote unquote righteous anger against a everything yeah against a non-christian for example right we shouldn't have righteous anger against somebody who's not following but what does that say what does that say about uh these online debates between christians now between questions between questions (laughs) (laughs) nice nice um what do we say about that that's a good question Um, we can we can look at scripture again, mm-hmm. and this again. I don't believe this applies to online debates between Christians, um, because number one, so we can have right. So you're saying we can have righteous anger like Jesus over an issue on Facebook? No, I'm saying we can't at all. What if what if we're both Christians though? Well, if you're both Christians, well, I guess okay. <laughs> The only way that we can have righteous anger against another Christian is if he if he is behaving um, contrary uh, to to love, contrary okay. 
to Christ. If he is, <laughs> if he is treating others wrongly, does that make sense? Yeah, that's the only way I can ever see any kind of righteous indignation. Is taking, taking, uh, how do I say this? Taking the glorious gospel mm-hmm. and muddying it up by, um, by your actions. Right. I, I don't know. Well, you know, one thing that I think is important about the situation is that people were taking what was godly and making it about them, right? They were making a profit. Sure. They were trying to make money off of what God was telling them to do. Because at this particular time in history, um, you know, the law said that your sacrifice had to be without blemish completely. Right. And so what these guys would do is the priest had to say, yes, that's a that's an acceptable sacrifice when you brought it to them. Right. Well, the priest had gotten to where they would find a flaw. They were in cahoots with the money changers. Yeah, they would find a flaw with in, people selling. in any sacrifice you brought to them. Right. So they would say, well, that one's not quite up to par. But for $25 plus Nineteen ninety-five, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> shipping. Can, yeah, you can <laughs> have three simple installments of yeah, nineteen ninety-five. So, <laughs> you can have this completely unblemished lamb, right? And and uh, so what they were doing was they were using God and His platform as a way to cheat people. Yeah, and so I think that's a little different than disagreeing about stuff to me. Right. It's because it, that's more uh, about taking something that is holy. And making and and turning it into something that just profits me, and right? So is that well, where you were going, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, no, that's no, that's exactly. I, I was hoping uh, that you guys would counter counterbalance what is initially thought about that passage about the righteous anger, and actually set it right because a lot of people get that misconstrued. Yeah. And it's uh, it's when we don't have that solid understanding and that solid foundation, that's when arguments just spring up and spiral out of control. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's yeah, yes. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, what do you, what do you got, Michael? Huh. I'm confused. Okay, <laughs> are, are we talking specifically about uh, dealing, uh, interacting with other Christians online and in social settings, or are we talking about non-believers? Interacting both with non-believers and Christians, I believe, is what, what yeah, we're discussing. Just however it goes for you. Interacting think, online, period, I as think, a Christian. I think the answer for interacting with non-believers is much simpler. It's much simpler. Um, I'm struck by Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 12. For what do I have to do with judging outsiders? Mm-hmm. We're not talking about mm-hmm. outsiders here. Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? Whom are, you know, judge as in, how do you line up to Amen. the, to the right. revealed word? That's right. Right? Okay. Um, um, you know, there's plenty. Okay. Paul again. Colossians 4, 5 through 6. Conduct yourselves. While I go away. Conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean, Paul? Making the most of the opportunities. Well, oh, so you mean get that sandwich board on and start marching <laughs> around, right? That's what you're talking about, obviously. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. He's going to give us, he's going to let us loose, baby. Let your speech always be gracious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should answer everyone. Okay. Deal with outsiders gently. 
season your words so that you can hopefully that you're going to help some along the road. Okay, so that's a pretty simple thing, especially online. Okay, because now you get all this. Oh man, on Facebook, why do I follow these pages, these Christian news sites? Why? Ah. Well, because I want to know what stories they're they're sharing with us. But I'm so dumb that I read the comments from <laughs> Christians, right? Saying hateful things, right. so hateful. And and in that case, I'm thinking about Jesus and his railing against the Pharisees and the and the and the uh, spiritual leaders. In his, the woes pronounced yeah. on mm-hmm. those. Wow. Okay, you're <laughs> supposed to know, Pharisees, scribes, hypocrites. You know, verse 23 of of Matthew 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law: justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Justice mercy and faithfulness. We know over and over again throughout the entire panoply of Scripture, God talks over and over and over again about how to treat widows and orphans. James mm-hmm. 1.27, he's talking about widows and orphans who are in a hard spot. The word that he uses is thlipsis, which is what we would say, those people that are in between a rock and a hard place, go to them right, and be right. gentle. And, and help them. That's your true and undefiled religion. So, Pharisees, you have neglected the more important matters of the law, which we just talked about. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Okay? You blind guides, <laughs> you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Man, we okay, do that all get, the time. <laughs> getting on and railing against our favorite sin. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're engaged in such and such. God hates that. It's an abomination. Well, we 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 took the time the other day, didn't we, guys, to go into uh, the book of Proverbs and see. Well, what, if you what just does God hate? Your, <laughs> what other things does God call uh, uh, you know an abomination? There are six things that the Lord hates, even seven things that are an abomination to Him. So th- that wording in that verse, what does that mean? Six things He hates, but there's seven that are. It, listen up. Okay. Yeah. This is what I'm going to say is profound and important. He hates, and it's an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't have that? Mm -hmm. Or the haughty eyes, as far as that goes. The the prideful, you know, look. That's (laughs) hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to run to evil. And uh, false witness, a false witness who pours out lies. Mm-hmm. And a person who spreads discord among family members, church. Yeah. Wow. How many times do Christians call out <laughs> other Christians because they're standing in front of a T-shirt with a skull on it or standing in front of a beer <laughs> sign in a picture while they're doing something good and right? <laughs> that is sowing discord. Yeah. And God says, woe to you. Yeah. Jesus said that. Yeah. So those are your two ways. Outsiders, be, gen- mm-hmm. be gentle, form a relationship with whoever you can. And that, see, that's the big thing, David, getting back to what you were just saying, is that I have a hard time even knowing, hey, you know what? Some of these blind guys, they just need to be discipled better. Right. Okay? Yeah. I need to be right. discipled better. We're all we working all, We all need that. We're a rough draft. Mm-hmm. But 
I can't I can't disciple people online. I just can't. I need to get we need to be able to sit down sure. and, and hang out. I want to know you. Right. You well, know? you know, there's one thing that you said there that that uh, and, and I was going to bring this up on a mini sode, but I think it's, it's a good point to, to talk a little bit about it. I've got a totally different view about this whole uh, casting your your pearls before swine. I mean, almost every commentary links that to not bringing the gospel to people that will reject it. Well, I'm sorry. I'm bringing the gospel to everybody. And then if they choose to reject it, that's up to them. But I don't, I don't think that's what Jesus was saying, especially in the context in which he was talking. He was talking about judgment. Right. And he starts out with that whole judge not that you be not judged for whatever judgment you judge. That's, that's the same, same judgment, judgment you're going to have to meet. Yep. Okay, so in line with that, and he talks about the moat in the eye and the beam in the eye. and all. That, but right after that, he, he says this thing about not casting pearls before swine. Don't give that which is holy to dogs. What I think he's talking about there is in, in these were Jewish people listening, right? Yeah. They knew what pigs and dogs were. That's right. Unclean animals. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I think what he was saying was don't be judgmental toward outsiders. Gentiles, was he was referring to, because they're unclean. They don't understand the law. And if you give them the law, that which is holy, I think, is he's talking about their rules. Which is pearls. To right. Exactly. Don't put your law onto these people that don't have the law because they'll just get mad and rend you. Right. There's, there's, you there's nothing to benefit from Stop that. putting the lipstick on the pig. I'm going to change the pig's heart. <laughs> right. And I think that ties in perfectly with what Paul said in, yeah. in 1 Corinthians 5 when he says, why are we judging people that are outside? Right. We should be judging people that are inside. Everybody outside of the church right. needs Christ, and that's the bottom yeah, line. That's a given. But, but the thing that, that's in common with both is love. Mm-hmm. We need to love Amen. those in the church yeah. and be unified with them. Mm-hmm. Despite the disagreements and differences, be unified with them, and then we need to love those outside the church and constantly be a picture of the gospel to them. Right. And so, in social media, how that takes place with social media, mm-hmm. we need to be loving each other when we're talking to each other as Christians, and then loving each other when we're talking to non-believers as a Christian talking to a non-believer, in the hopes that they may see our light. And may come to a knowledge of Jesus, yeah. and that's what. And the only time we have righteous indignation and anger is whenever the love is not happening. Mm. Please tell me that somebody is going to bring up John thirteen thirty four and thirty five later on in this episode. Yeah, you can bring Anyone? up John thirteen thirty four. <laughs> I want to bring up real quick. Uh, I want to bring. <laughs> hold on. I want to bring up Second Timothy two, real quick. If I can, because one Please. of the things that I struggled with um, uh, being a, so I went to Bible school, <laughs> Bible college, <laughs> and sat around with uh, what it was preacher preacher boy school, and sat around in dorm rooms with a bunch of other preacher boys, and we had awesome, interesting theological debates and conversations. But the problem with preacher boys is that we're immature and young. And what happens is, is we start arguing, and we argue, it escalates and escalates until we're calling each other names, you know what I mean? We're just frustrated, and uh, I think that when Paul is talking to Timothy, a preacher boy here, it's a resounding board for all of us. It says in verse 22, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. 
have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach patiently, that's a key word, patiently, enduring evil, correcting the opponents with gentleness. Enduring evil. Yeah. That's a, that is something that we're missing out on Amen, a lot. Amen, that's right. Isn't it not? So, um, I, and I think all of us have that schoolboy passion in us mm-hmm. that's ready to go, no, you're wrong, and I'm right, and I know this, and this is what this says. You just listen right up. What we need to do is stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Be patient. Think what we're saying. Think, is it glorifying? Is it honoring to, to God the Father? And to flee it if it's a quarrel that is pointless and does nothing towards furthering the kingdom, right. which is what we're called to do in the first place. Right. It's going to do more damage than good. Exactly. Of, yeah. So that's where uh, uh, I'm at as far as scripture that, that will guide. How about you, Dave? Well, um, the one that I, I chose to look at right quick is, and I won't go through the whole thing, is uh, Romans 14 and 15. So... Um, Romans 14, and then I'm back to talking about Christians dealing with Christians. So um, Romans 14 is talking about how to deal with, he mentions a couple of very specific uh, topics that they were debating, obviously. Some of them believed that you had to stick to the dietary laws. Some of them believed you had to keep certain days. So there was this Jewish culture that was still hanging on, or uh, maybe even Gentile customs that they were doing and um but the other side of that coin was no we've got freedom in christ we don't have to do that anymore so there was all this debate that was was jumping around and so uh paul writes to them in romans 14 and i'll read from the net just for you michael oh thank you sir God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> but, see now we now we're united okay so true unity has occurred <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh in in Chapter 14, uh, I just want to look at the first four verses there. It says, Now receive the one who is weak in the faith, and do not have disputes over differing opinions. One person believes in eating everything, but the weak person eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not despise the one who does not, and the one who abstains must not judge the one who eats everything, for God has accepted him. Who are you to pass judgment on another servant? Before his Mm. own master, he stands or falls, and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. Amen. Preach it. So, wow, (laughs) this passage speaks volumes to me because a lot of people want to say, well, it's talking about dietary laws. And if you're talking about anything else, this is not applicable. That's bull. I mean, toss that out. This is talking about general, general principles of dealing with one another. And, and what he's saying here is that no matter where you fall on this topic, um, as long as you're serving God in it, as long as you're focused on God and he is who's your, who you're honoring, then God's accepting of him. So don't uh, pass judgment on one another. There's two pieces of advice here. One of them is don't judge the person who doesn't do things the way you want them to. And the second part here is if you're on the other side of that fence, don't despise the person who has a, um, a higher uh, standard of performance than maybe you do. And that's, that's rough. And, and I, I 
I see that. I mean, in my own personal life, I I have been on both sides of that fence. And now that I'm on the more liberated side of that fence, I I do have a hard time looking back across that fence and seeing people and not and and my my heart wants to despise. It wants yeah. to condemn, which is what I'm I'm guilty of the same thing they are, just in a different way. And yes. so to me, these passages talk very good about how we should deal with one another. And it's so he continues on so much. I want to pick up in verse 17. He says, For the kingdom of God does not consist of food and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the one who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by people. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for building up one another. That's the key. You know, when he says the kingdom of God is not about food or drink, I don't think he's just talking about food or drink. I think he's talking about the physical nature of of this earth, the things that we get all bent out of shape about, the things that the physical things that we're doing and saying and acting through. Those aren't the things we need to be so caught up about. What we need to be doing is maintaining peace and building one another up. And uh, of course, I think that um, that it, it, this gets nailed. The point gets nailed in the in the next chapter, uh, in, in verse five through seven. It says, "Now may the God of endurance and comfort give you unity with one another, in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Receive one another, then, just as Christ also received you to God's glory." So, and I think that's the biggest point is we need to make sure we're receiving one another, even though we don't always see eye to eye on stuff. So, amen. Amen. You know, I predict this is going to be the shortest episode of the Theonauts ever. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, yeah. How much more we got here? <laughs> we've broken, we're about halfway done and we've broken. <laughs> wow. Well, but see, the thing is, is that we are, we are all so passionate about Such this a hot subject that we right. are covering everything. In, in large chunks. Yeah. So um, guys, push the pause button, come back later and listen to some more. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good though. It's all good. Yes. It's good. I think it's all good. Amen. Yeah. So what, uh, where we go from here? Okay. From here, I think, uh, Jeremiah, I feel you. Michael actually just suggested that, uh, awesome <laughs> on the, uh, between, between us. Uh, but I do, Jesus, I do want to bring up something, some stuff that Jesus says how Absolutely. we should handle. Get to it, uh, Brandon. That's great, man. Yeah, uh, and I, and I'll that. go to Mark three twenty five where he he's talking about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Yeah, uh, he he brings up this uh, what he delivers, I think, as a universal truth. Sure, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Amen. Didn't and they? you know, granted, in that context, he—I mean—he's talking about you know the Holy Spirit and casting out demons, uh, and Satan himself being his kingdom divided. But but the truth still remains there. Say what I said, but that's a true uh, statement, regardless. The of who truth he's remains. About. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It it transcends the context. Right. And uh, and that's what's cool about it because we see a house divided all the time, like in like in Shelbyville. Uh, there can be one congregation, uh, you know, even, you know, recently with these uh, past midterm elections, you know, there are some <laughs> congregations on uh, on one side of town 
that that had signs out in the front yard. That's you know, vote yes picture. on one. Say what? <laughs> That's a great. Well, I was just thinking. I got a uh, I got a great picture for that. Uh, we have we hold the elections at our church. We have uh, oh, that's right in the fellowship hall. In, in yep. the fellowship hall, and we have two tables that you register at. Um, this has been done a couple times. One table is over here, and it's for the Republicans, and the other table is over there, and it's for the Democrats. And the Democrats in our church, man, the Democrat table, and the Republicans <laughs> in our church, man, the Republican table, and they sit across from each other all day long. Oh, it's just man. so funny to me. It cracks was, me up, anyways. But okay, so this <laughs> divided the, against itself. So the signs, yeah, no, ex- no, exactly. That's that's an even deeper image of being divided against <laughs> itself, and we're supposed to be presenting this this unified image <laughs> yeah. and this this unified body this unified organism we're supposed to be presenting that to the world because we are like i keep saying we're the we're the resurrected temples of the holy spirit amen and we've we've got to be unified in that and yet here we are with differing opinions yeah. you know it's and 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 you know people have different opinions on different things like i get that but aren't aren't we called to be unified in certain things? And that discussion of unification rarely happens because it's always buried under people going back and forth and arguing and bickering, backbiting, whatever you want to call it. And Jesus said, you know, Jesus plainly says the house divided against itself cannot stand. Amen. Yeah. And and I think And I, we should take that to heart. Go ahead, David. Well, one of the things that, that jumped in my mind, I think we talked about it a little last night, is if if you're a driver by in this town and you drive past these churches that are promoting different things on their signs, what message does it send to the whole world? You know, exactly. It, it sends that message that we're divided. Right. Wow. Here's uh, the problem. See, I would love to to love Jeremiah the way that Jesus loved his disciples. I'd love to wash his feet. I'd love to die for him. But the problem is, is that he's a Sooners fan, and I like, and I like the Dodgers. <laughs> See, there you go. Wow. Okay. So, so then, go, go ahead, Michael, and I'm going to follow you up on that. Okay. As you can tell, I'm not a sports fan. No, okay, you're but, not. Okay. <laughs> but see, you. I was wondering if you were going to catch that. Oh, I caught it. I caught it. Anyways, go ahead. So how does uh, how does Jesus say that we should handle such uh, uh, you know such situations? I'm going to do it. The Gospel of John, chapter thirteen, verses thirty four. Yeah, someone needs to bring 35. that chapter up before. Sure. Okay, a new commandment I give you. Now. You'll have to show me the translation, guys, because I know you guys are experts on it. You did a show um, on translations. Um, I don't have the translation that says another commandment I give you. All the translations that I have say a new commandment I give mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Okay. You take everything else and push it aside because I'm going to give you a doozy right here. A new commandment I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Amen. What's the, what's the greatest commandment, teacher? Love. Yeah. Love, love God know. and love others. That's yes. It. Okay. 
the all the law and the prophets are summed up in they hang this. On that. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay, I don't care if you believe that the Ten Commandments are still in extant. I don't care if you don't. I have no dog in that hunt because I can't follow this commandment. Yeah. What does right, it matter? Right, right. You know, if I follow this commandment, I'm not going to covet my neighbor's donkey. That's right. If I follow this covenant, I'm not going to make um, fall, you know, set up something else in in place of God. If I have this commandment, people will know that I'm a disciple. Amen. Of mm-hmm. Jesus. That's right. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Yeah, that's good. We can. I mean, we can oh. look all through it. We can see. Um, sorry. What was I? Saying? I was. I was just gonna bring up really quick. So then it would take. Um, it would take some reasoning out and deciphering what our salvation issues and what our what Jesus is actually telling us to do, you know, love one another and love God above, you know, it would it take reasoning out those things and then dividing them and setting them apart from well, can su- we just stuff that aren't salvation? Can we just issues? jump to the chase and start yelling at each other about those things? <laughs> no, Michael, oh, because that's not that's not gentleness. Oh. That's not the gentleness. Jesus was the gentle lamb. Mm-hmm. We got to be like him. Right. Okay, go ahead, Jeremiah. I was just going to say, it's all through, uh, if we're talking about how Jesus uh, would look at and say at such these engagements, um, I keep I keep coming back to the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. I was hoping you would. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, it's just so... <laughs> Blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, blessed are the humble. Blessed uh, are the loud and, and <laughs> Blessed the are the loud and obnoxious and belligerent. <laughs> no, these are, it's a very, we were talking uh, before Theonauts actually about marriage uh, counseling, uh, doing marriage counseling <laughs> right, stuff right. and uh, with couples and we were going, man, if they just get that 99.9% of their problems, I'm going to go ahead and say 100% of the problems, are selfishness, which stems from pride. Right. And if we would get a glimpse of our relationship and we would put it right with God, we would be selfless, 100% selfless. All throughout Scripture, the pathway to humility is always the right pathway. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Always. That'll fix all these problems. That's right. If If we are... Approach everything with humility, mm-hmm. considering others is more important than ourselves. I mean, it changes everything, and that's what Jesus taught to the point of dying on a cross. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, we need to remember that whenever we're going and trying to engage in these battles mm-hmm. uh, online. So, well, um, I was thinking of what Jesus deals with with these uh, these Pharisees in Mark chapter seven, and. In this particular uh, passage, he's dealing with a debate about washing your hands before you eat. Now, this, even if we step back from it, it sounds like a silly thing to be debating, but it wasn't a silly thing to the Pharisees. They, they saw this as a serious offense. And they're like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be a rabbi. You're supposed to be a teacher. You're supposed to be a godly man. And yet you're just throwing our years of tradition and the things that, that aren't written but are oral and just as important, you're throwing them under the bus. Yeah. And, and, and what's the deal, Jesus? And Jesus, uh, his response to them was, you are using the law to transgress the law. You're so hung up on getting things right that you're missing the bigger 
picture. You're missing that command of love that we were talking about before. And, um, you know, after he leaves their company, um, the disciples kind of come to him and they're like, Hey, uh, what, what, what were you talking about there? Whenever you said, uh, that it's not what people are eating, you know, it's not the, the unwashed hands that makes a person unclean. And he says there in uh, verse 17, he says, Now when Jesus had left the crowd and entered the house, the disciples asked him about that parable. And he said to them, Are you so foolish? Do you not understand that whatsoever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him? For it does not enter his heart, but his stomach, and then goes out into the sewer. This means all food are, all foods are clean. He said, what comes out of a person defiles him. For from within, out of the human heart, comes evil ideas, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, evil, deceit, mm. debauchery, envy, slander, pride, and folly. All these evils come from within and mm -hmm. defile a person. So, you know, we get hung up on things we see people do. Right. That's what we, and we do just like these Pharisees. We're like, hey, I saw you do X, Y, and Z, and you're not supposed to do that. And we get all spun up about it. But what he's saying is it, we can't examine a person's heart. We don't know what's in the person. Whatever comes out of the person exposes what's in their heart. So it's almost like turning the tables on people that are, are screaming and hollering righteousness on right. social media because that shows what's coming out is pride. That's a great point. And contempt yeah. and these things that he is saying, look, be more mindful about what comes out of your body than what you're physically doing. Yeah. Think of uh, Anchorman quote, poop mouth, <laughs> poop come out of your mouth. <laughs> Sorry, anyways. Okay, oh, I can't man. let my wife listen to this show. <laughs> what, is, is she in a glass case of emotion? <laughs> yes! Okay, so... But a vote. Yes, yes. So, all right. So we've we've put a lot out there. Yeah, a lot Let's wrap there. it up. Let's wrap it up. Let's okay. put a bow on it. All right. Let's, let's, leave, let's leave this show with some some step-by-step -step applications on how we can put this all into effect. Okay. Me personally, I think step one, I've already alluded to it earlier. Seek first God's kingdom. Like Jesus says, going back to the sermon on the Mount word and, uh, and specifically in Matthew six, uh, 31 through 33 he says, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I think that ex that expands further than just what shall we eat, drink, or wear. It also expands, expands into how should we act in public, on social media, and if we're seeking God's kingdom first, and specifically seeking out what he says about certain hot button issues. Amen. Like abortion, like gay marriage, like the war on terrorism, the war on drugs, and then operate from those truths. Yeah. Very good. And gentleness, humility, out of love. What Michael, what does Paul say in first Corinthians uh, 13? 
if I if I speak with the tongue of men and angels, and angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong. And there's a lot of bong, noisy gongs. I've bong. been a noisy gong. Yes, it's just a bunch of racket. Nobody hears that. Nobody yeah. likes you know uh, dissonance, right? Right. Right. Discord. That's, yeah. that's well, what perfect. What we talked about earlier. No matter how right the things that you're saying might be, if you're saying it without love, it might as well just be a bunch of noise. That's right. Exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah. All right. So what's step two, <laughs> Michael? <laughs> Well, hey, can I let me apply some just some good old common horse sense apply. that I got that I got from the preacher. Well, well I got from the writer, or, or more specifically, the writer of uh, this particular section of Proverbs. Okay, <laughs> very, uh, you know. Listen, <laughs> even fools, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. Okay? Amen. And with their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. I, that has served me well. That serves me well. Amen. People think, man, that guy's, that guy must be pretty sharp. Yeah. That's so <laughs> good. It, it's good. good because this entire episode, you know, I've been working on the, uh, the uh, manifesto for the Great Commission Transmission the Network. Manifesto. I want to present what, what we stand for here at mm-hmm. GCTnetwork.com, mm-hmm. the Theonauts, Finding Christ in Cinema, any shows that we produce. It, I mean, we are targeting the internet as a legitimate road for the Great Commission, right? To carry the good news. And so we need to know what we stand for. Other people need to be able to come and see what do these guys stand for at the Great Commission Transmission Network. And this show probably is going to be, you know, uh, um, uh, an evergreen, evergreen content. We can Mm. always point people to this show. Listen, this is what the folks at GC, the digital missionaries at the Great Commission Transmission Network stand for (laughs) two hours worth of this. But so, yeah, it's good to know what Jesus said. That's the greatest, you know, the greatest teacher ever. The second wisest man also gives you some good common horse sense. Keep your mouth shut. Amen. Right. That's good. Well, I'm going to leave them with this. Oh, Christian, do you not realize that you have the spirit of the living God inside you? Ooh. Galatians 5.16. Oh, that hit me in the heart. (laughs) <laughs> but live by the Spirit, and you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh. The key is this. If we are in the midst of a desire to debate or to argue online, the first thing we should do is stop mm-hmm. and listen to the Spirit and not our emotions. Right. Very and good. allow the Spirit to lead us. If we just allow Him to lead us, uh, we can't go wrong. So that's what I'm going to leave with. Amen. Well, you should have went last. Because that's, that's more profound than what I've got to leave with. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the last thing is that no matter what, debates are founded in pride. That's, right. that's the bottom line. Who's going to win? It's not about, you know, who's got the truth. That's what we, we you know, well, I've got the truth. I've got the truth. And um, so debates are all founded in pride. It's all about us. It's all about trying to, to win. Um, humbleness, on the other hand, uh, speaks the truth softly and, and patiently. And uh, one thing to remember when you're online writing stuff, sometimes that can be misunderstood because you can't show an emotion through typing. And so a lot of times you may sound like you're being rude or right. screaming That's at somebody oh, so many times. when you're not. Yeah. And it might right. cause that other person to be rude. 
or to scream. And um, so, you know, remember those things. And then, and finally, you know, you mentioned something that Paul wrote to the young man, Timothy. I'm going to also give you a little something that he wrote to him in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Um, <clears throat> he says um, here, he's, he's talking about um, slavery and, and some other things. But um, one of the things that, that I wanted to, to look at is how he tells them to handle uh, debates and stuff. And he says, uh, teach them to exhort, uh, teach them to exhort them about these things. If someone spreads false teachings and does not agree with sound words, uh, that is those of our Lord Jesus Christ. And with the teaching that, uh, accords with godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing, but has an unhealthy interest in controversies Mm. and verbal disputes. This gives rise to envy, dissension, slanders, evil suspicions, and constant bickering by people corrupted in their minds and deprived of the truth who suppose that godliness is a way of making profit. Wow, that, that's convicting, too. Now, that, yeah. So making profit's not necessarily money. It, it can be, I can make a profit Points. Uh, it's points. Exactly. Exactly. Where I where I'm I scored. I'm I, gonna win. I told I'm him scoring. off. I I straightened out that homosexual yeah. on my Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever. Oh. And so all of a sudden it's like you are you're getting the profit, not God. Yeah. Amen. And so Wow, that is so convicting. Yeah. Yes. So we can't end the show on that point. I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, but what we do need to do is send out a call to action to your guys' listeners. So a couple of questions for listeners out there to get them to to call into you know your voicemail line or email or contact you on on Twitter and Facebook sure. and all that stuff. What if we ask Christians two separate questions? Okay. How do you or how do you react? How do you interact online with non-believers? Mm-hmm. Okay, what would you do in the case of somebody posting that that picture on on your page um, that that you know you object to? Right. Um, or you know the other question is how do you interact with brothers and sisters in the Lord that are saying things that you believe with all your heart are bringing um, discord? And bringing contempt and shame on on Jesus. Right, right, yeah. Um, because well, I could use some some <clears throat> some helpful suggestions from Amen. listeners out there. So send us an in. Yeah, talk to us. And uh, man, I tell you what, you guys have been invaluable. We uh, this has been a great show. I know it's yeah. been long, but I think that it's been well worth the time spent. Uh, you know, chatting and and hopefully it'll have an impact on on um, on the. Um, the that uh, new media that we're trying to serve that's so, right because we yes. are you know we are part of the great commission transmission network all four of us that's um, right using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone uh, to find out more and to partner with us visit us at gctnetwork.com and subscribe to the newsletter there and stay up to date uh on all the latest of our shows including finding christ in cinema there are several ways to keep in contact and to leave us feedback Send us email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line at 
7270. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast portal. And don't forget to leave us comments there because that's how people find us. That's right. Make Tw- sure to give some stars, man. <laughs> Tweet us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Yes, and we have Instagram. <laughs> so you can you can follow us on Instagram at uh, Theonauts. We don't put a lot of pictures there, but every now and then something might pop up. Uh, and so don't forget to tune in again and, and explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. Guys, thanks for being here. Michael, Brendan, it was great no, having you. No, the pleasure you. is all so ours. Fun. Oh, <laughs> so fun. So fun. Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Hey, thanks, David. And God bless. God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972 972- Eight eight five seven two seven zero. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your great commission. This is your great commission transmission at GCTnetwork.com. This is your great commission transmission.